every entrepreneur has a story. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, where each episode, your host, Brian Carney, will share a drink with a successful business owner and have them discuss their unique journey, gaining insight on what it takes to be an entrepreneur and different ways to get there. Brian isn't just a beer nerd. He's also the co-founder of River's Edge Advisors, a financial planning firm headquartered in Delaware, specializing in working with business owners. It's time to pour yourself a drink and enjoy a happy half hour with an entrepreneur. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur. I am your host, Brian Carney. I'm really excited about my guest today. His name is Brian Panuzzo, and he's the founder of The Success Lift. Brian spent 20 years as a bond trader on Wall Street and left his career to start a business to help men whose professional lives have cost them their health, marriage, relationships with their families, and themselves. Brian, welcome to the show. Excited to talk to you. Right. So good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Well, we would be remiss if we didn't uh, mm-hmm. mention our the person that connected us and the one and the only Matthew Wytrack, um, a friend of mine from college and a friend of yours from high school. So Matt, thanks for the introduction. Appreciate it. Matt, we love you. You're probably doing handstand push-ups somewhere. So if you are, just just take it easy on your shoulder. Okay, buddy? Also get a haircut. Um, <laughs> no doubt. Get a haircut. <laughs> Please, God, get a haircut. <laughs> um, well, I'm excited to talk to you because uh, your your backstory is great. But uh, I'm going to try a uh, a drink today. So this beer from Cape May County, it's a Slack Tide Brewing. And a client of mine had been listening to the podcast and said, hey, I heard you're into beer. So I want you to try this. It's called Prissy Wicks. And it's a really strong golden, uh, Belgian golden. Uh, and I just tasted it in it's definitely strong. So what are you going to be sampling? All right. First of all, I need your I need your word that you're not going to cancel the recording and hang up on me. If all right. I, deal. What I'm doing. Okay. Thank you. All <laughs> right. So now a little bit of context because context is very important <clears throat> when dealing with anything, health, wellness, life, whatever. We are recording this. I'm on the West Coast. Brian's on the East Coast. We're recording this at four o'clock Eastern time. It's Monday. All right. It's one o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> guys. All right. So I got, I have goals. I'm a health and wellness guy. Yep. I just had, I just spent a, a really fun weekend uh, boozing a little bit. So I'm drinking a non-alcoholic beer um, called uh, from Athletic Brewing. Oh, nice. Uh, which is a brand that I do enjoy. Again, don't hang yeah. up on me. Um, and uh, I kind of call it like my Tuesday beer or my Saturday at like three o'clock beer when I know I don't want to start at three. I want to start at seven. So um, I like their like golden ale. I'm not a huge yeah. IPA guy, but I do like hazy IPAs. So this is their hazy IPA. So that's awesome. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers my man. I actually cheers. sampled one of those for, for one of the show. I can't remember. I think I did the stout and I actually found it delicious. So we'll give it a review at the end. Okay. Got it. Well, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your business and what you do. Sure. How much time do we have? Um, <laughs> There's a phrase that I love. Your your mess is your message. Uh, somebody somebody uh, put put me onto that when I first started coaching. And and if I had to sort of summarize my business in one sentence, you know that would be it. Yeah. Um, I you know as you alluded to in the in the intro, I, I I and I put this in air quotes. I woke up to this broken body. Uh, I was overweight. I was in joint pain. Um, you know, I was an ex-athlete as, as we, we referenced, you know, Matt, Matt and I played basketball together. He was a better baseball player than he was a basketball player, but yep. um, we played basketball together. I was your prototypical New Jersey uh, athlete 
you know, tough guy. Then I went on to Wall Street. So add that le- layer of the ego on top sure. or 12 layers of the ego on top. <laughs> um, you couldn't tell me nothing, man. You know, I yeah. thought I had it all figured out. And I quite frankly had evidence to suggest that I did. I had a lot of things figured out. I was very, very successful professionally. I had a great, I had a beautiful wife, two great kids, lived in a, in a big house, country club, all the all the boxes I was checking. Yep. Um, wasn't too, you know, I didn't gain any weight. Uh, but sort of redistributed body comp. Sure. Um, so I wasn't like one of my other friends that gained 40 or 50 pounds. I didn't have really bad addictions. I just had pedestrian ones, you sure. know, drugs yeah. and alcohol yeah. and gambling. Yep. Um, I always showed up to work. I didn't, there were, there were no like alarm bells going off in my life. Right. And um, one day through a series of events, my mom uh, got sick, ended up passing away. A few other things were happening. This, all this was brewing underneath the surface and, my wife effectively came to me one day and said, I'm not really so sure about this thing that we're doing. Wow. Uh, I'm not going anywhere, but but this this isn't what I signed up for was effectively the message. We had a five-year-old and a, and a six-month-old. My son, who's going to turn 13 soon, was five. My daughter, who just turned eight, uh, was about six months old. So this is seven and a half years ago. And that threw me threw me into a crisis mode, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And the first thing I did was I, I just got into shape. I didn't know if I was burning off steam. I don't know. My mom had just passed away. I was very upset with my wife for coming to me. How could you do this to me now? You know, like it was all my fault. And I was like still then deflecting the blame onto her. How could you do this to me? Yeah. And, um, and I got into shape. I got in, you know, I lost weight. I got, I got fit. Um, I found this thing they call personal development, uh, that comes along with, you know, a (laughs) lot of different fitness, health and wellness people these days. And that was like mind blowing to me. I never thought anybody could tell me anything about my life that I didn't know, as I mentioned. And I just slowly and steadily kind of chipped away at at this new lifestyle for me. Fast forward, um, replaced a lot of vices with, uh, you know, healthier uh, obsessions and sure. passions and um, stopped taking home research reports and and K's and Q's and started taking home, you know, podcasts and and books and and different things like that. I had a coach challenge me about four years ago to start a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Uh, I reached out to 10 friends who I knew would be very um, receptive to me, just, you know, kind of asking. I thought they'd laugh at me, but I I, I figured they'd at least give me the time of day. Yeah. And uh, I thought zero were going to say yes, and seven did. Oh, wow. And so that was the start of my little coaching, men's coaching side hustle. I didn't exactly know what I was doing, but I knew I could help them. Yeah. And, um, And it's evolved to me moving from New Jersey to California and leaving my, my full-time job uh, of trading bonds for, you know, the better part of 20 years and, and now doing this uh, man's coaching thing. That takes a ton of guts. Well, to see, you know, your life's kind of in turmoil. One of the things that, uh, that keeps you sort of steady is like, Hey, I'm doing well I'm, uh, financially. I'm providing yeah. what made, what was sort of like, you know, where you actually felt like, okay, it's, I have to leave and I'll be fine. When, when did you have that sort of realization? Well, I'll let you know when I feel, when I, when I decide to start feeling fine, but um, you know, it's a process, Brian. Um, You know, I didn't have to leave. That was the beauty of it. I wanted to leave. I got to leave little, little language play there. Sure. Um, That was the, that was the trap that I found myself in that I find that most men that I speak to, most men don't despise what they do with like a pat, like they don't wake up every day and go, this is eating at my soul. Yeah. For me, it was like, this isn't actually so bad. You sure. Know? Yeah. Um, it's exciting. I don't actually work with many toxic people, which can happen in my industry. You know, I 
I, I choose to speak to who I want to. I have to speak to some people that are tough, but I don't hate this, but right. I don't love it. I don't love yeah. it. Uh, and I've never loved it. And did I just make a decision when I was literally 17 years old on the bat? Actually, you know, 17, 17 yeah. years old, freshman in college. Everyone on my basketball team is a business and economics major. So what do I choose? Is this right. an economics? <laughs> we come home to Bergen County, New Jersey. Everybody plays summer league and gets internships. What did I do? Get summer league, bug, go to play summer leagues, get an internship. Everybody getting a job on Wall Street after college. I felt this pressure to go get a job instead of pursuing a career, you know, playing overseas and stuff like that. So yeah. I never loved it. I made a decision at 17 that shaped the next 23 years of my life. And I was crazy. like, crazy. And how many of us do that? I think a fair number. Yeah. You're do. also not smart when you're 17. I'm not. I'd argue I'm not smart now. So yeah, I agree. Smart when I was 17. <laughs> Same with me. Same so, with me. <laughs> Uh, so like, you know, for me, it's like, I look back and I was like, wow, I made a decision and, and yeah, people, you know, I started as a financial advisor in a, in Merrill Lynch's financial advisor training program and, yeah. you know, ultimately, but I didn't move too far. I definitely didn't move out of the financial services and sure. finance umbrella. I didn't really even move that many niches within, Yeah, uh, as you know, there's millions for sure. Um, and I think a lot of people do that. You know, a lot of people do that. And so. Uh, I just started to question a lot of things. If this isn't true about my life, if I wasn't destined to be this ex-athlete, broken down body, shitty marriage, that was my mirror, bro. Like, like I would, I would walk in across the desk was somebody very successful in their mid to late forties, early fifties. This is when I was in my mid twenties. Yeah. Uh, he was either divorced or his wife hated him. He was out three nights a week. He was 40 pounds overweight. He limped for his first seven steps getting out of the chair. He had every addiction under the street, but he made 3 million bucks a year. Yep. You know, that was success. Yeah. So no excuse, but that was the mirror that I had to look into. And that was what I was sort of chasing unconsciously. Yeah. So 15 years later, when I limped getting out of the chair and my wife hated me and I wasn't quite making that much money yet, but I was doing really well. I was like, okay, I did what I set out to do, but I wasn't very intelligent when I started the process. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's really interesting what you say. I, I feel like a lot of people get trapped in a job that they don't hate because they do well and doing well is super subjective, you know? Sure. Uh, and I feel like people get stuck in the, it's fine. This is fine. Like everything's fine. And I think that's actually a pretty dangerous spot to be in where you're just sort of like, man, this is fine. This isn't what I dreamed of. It's not great, but I don't hate it either. So how do you sort of like shake people and say, dude, there's so much more to, to life than just being fine and making a great salary? Yeah. You know, that's a great question. And I think it's a little different for everybody, but ultimately I, I'll, I try to point people towards, you know, either North stars or lighthouses, whatever term you want to call. I mean, if you, if you open up your eyes, um, you have a family, right? Yep. Three kids. Yep. A wife, three kids, three kids. Right. So, you know, if you filtered every decision in your life through the lens of, am I showing up to be the greatest man, the greatest husband, the greatest father, you know, at work, right? If you have people that work for you, am I making this decision in consideration of um, the people that work for me, my, my colleagues to show up as good as I possibly can for them, you know, for other people? What is it that, you know, gets you out of bed every day going, I, I have to be my best. Find yeah. what that is and then filter your decisions through them, through through that lens. You know, yeah. if you put those goggles on, is this the right decision based on what it is I say that I want? I think most men, most people, but men especially, we are out of alignment from the perspective of what it is we say that we want. Yeah, we all say, yeah, I want to look. I want to I have, I want to see my abs, you know? Right. 
I want to be fit. I want to be able to play basketball again. I haven't been able to play basketball. Okay, great. Those are all great goals. Are they realistic for you right now? Um, what's the timeline? But what are you willing to do on a daily basis? Yeah. You know, if you're going to want to whack back six beers, you know, five nights a week. That, um, that doesn't jive not, with your. And yeah. not go to the gym and eat like, you know, Chick-fil-A two to three times a week and eat anything else that comes across the desk or comes into the office. Like what you say you want and what's the actions that you're willing to do are completely out of alignment. Now yeah. that's an obvious example, but there are all these little micro examples where we say things like, uh, I'm not going to drink, you know, on Monday morning, I'm not going to drink until the weekend. Yeah. And like a, somehow a beer finds us at, at five o'clock on Wednesday and we justify it and we break that promise to ourselves. We say that we had a bad day. We say that our buddy from work invited us out. It's just one, you know, sure. and it is just one. It is just right. one. You know, my wife, my wife wanted to have a glass of wine with dinner. She was, she was tired. She was stressed. Um, and I can, you know, there are so many avenues, like there's so many ways to spin this that it's actually healthy. You know, yeah. I haven't seen, look, why I try, here's a perfect example. I go home, I go meet up with Matt. What are we going to do? Yeah, we might get a workout in, but we're going to have some beers. We may go get of a course. burger, right? You get together with the college buddies, you guys, yep. you're going to get some wings and, bur yep. and beers. And like, that's healthy in the sense that you are feeding other aspects of your health. You're feeding yep. connection um, with another human being. Um, but when it's, you said you were going to do something and then you don't do it, we, we subtly, every time that happens, chip away at our self-confidence. And self-confident people keep the promises they make to themselves. It's a self-fulfilling cycle that keeps going on and on and on. Yeah. So I think, you know, most men need to do what they actually say they're going to do. I went off on a little bit of a tangent here. No, no, it's, that's good. Getting people to focus on like, do you want to leave your job? Do you want something different? What is it that you want? Yes. List out the characteristics of that job. What are the states that you want to feel, you know, worked, worked with them towards that and then figure out how far away they are. And then develop, this is just like getting someone to lose 50 pounds. Right. Where are you now? Where do you want to go? And how long do you want it to take to get there? Now, that might be a subjective thing where someone has to come in and say, hey, you've been, you've been in a 20-year career. You're making $500,000 a year. Right. You want to go to something completely different and you yep. expect to make $500,000. This might be unrealistic. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. So do you have the ability to side hustle for two or three years. Yeah. And we reduce your lifestyle for a little while and make sure that we're at least pulling from the other end and reduce some expenses that are going out the door. Yeah. We look at maybe this next five years, play the long game a little bit because, you know, we all want things immediately. So play sure. the long game a little bit and maybe we have a five-year plan for you instead of a five-month plan. Yeah. And that changes your perspective too on the actual job. It did for me. You know, if you really want to get out of something, but you know that you have this, you know, runway right. to exit, um, you sort of change how you feel about what you're doing on a daily basis. It's not it becomes, quite an emergency. Yeah. It becomes something that provides for your family, you know, yeah. while you're able to, wow, look at all these other things I'm able to do. Yeah. Yeah. This job, I'm, I've been, I've been doing it for 15 years. I can leave at 430. Nobody says anything. Right. You know, go get a new job. You might be working till six. Right. It's true. Yeah. I, I do find it interesting where I think a lot of men have this idea that they're connected to their family because they're providing for them. Right. Like, well, 
I can't go to this. Uh, I can't go to the school concert because I, I'm going to work. But, you know, we live in a house because of me. You know, I think that's a, a real male way to view it. I once read that uh, as soon as your a, a wife gets pregnant, the man goes into like complete provider mode. Hmm. How would you kind of challenge a guy that thinks there's, you know, there's so much more to uh, bringing up being a, a, from a father perspective of just bringing home a paycheck uh, and being connected to the family? How would you kind of challenge someone that thinks that way? Yeah, look, the short answer is um, your kids and your wife don't care. So what I mean by that is, you know, look, like if you're struggling to figure out how you're going to feed your family yeah, and pay bills and not be able to take like a vacation or something like if you're like grinding, grinding, that's that's I mean, you're definitely going to find people care about that. But there's I forget the stats, but there's so many stats about, you know, happiness, right? people. And I don't know what the, I think the number is bigger than what they say it is, but it's something between $75,000 and $125,000. Your level of happiness does not increase anymore. Statistically speaking, (laughs) people want to feel like they have a safety net. Um, when I was, you know, kind of at the peak of my career, making great money, coming home, a lot to talk about myself, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, My son was like, I don't know, this was right around my, like that this transition phase where I started to realize he was maybe six at this point, six and a half. Yeah. And um, he was into watching Nickelodeon. So he would be watching Nickelodeon when we got home because it was like six o'clock. It was right before dinner. And I'd come home and I'd start talking about, you know, all these, I traded this, I got this to do. But my, my wife is like, whatever, dude. I, you yeah. Know. But but she's humoring me, you know. Sure. My wife still doesn't know exactly what I did for 20 years. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, one day from the couch, I couldn't see him, you know, because he was like kind of under the, the, the whatever the top. Uh, his head pops up. He's like, dad, shut up or, you know, be quiet. I'm watching Nickelodeon, <laughs> you know, like, and in that moment I was like, man, he doesn't, he doesn't care. Like, yeah. Now, if I wasn't making enough money to pay the cable bill, I might hear it, you know, Different story. Yeah. Right. So your kids don't care. Your kids currency for your kids is time. Yep. You know, there's another phrase that I like is that kids spell t- uh, love T I M E. You know, yep. That's a great way. That's a great. Someone recently asked me, I was on a podcast and someone asked me what the definition of success was. And it took me, I listened to this guy's podcast for like five years. He asks every guest that. And when I was on it, I, it took me forever to figure this out, but I feel like it's having enough money that you don't have to worry about money, but more importantly, having enough time that you don't have to worry about not having enough time. So I think that, that, time factor is such a huge benefit. You know, like I'm fortunate enough that I could, I, I have to go to football practice to help my, to coach my son uh, at, you know, in a couple hours. I love that. I love the, the rides that we get to the, to, to the practice, just being able to be connected with them, watching them do their thing. So I do think time is, I think that's such a great way to look at it. Time is such a valuable currency. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. So how you, you go to your 10 buddies and you go like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And three of them are like, pound sand, the other seven are like, yeah, I think you can help me. How do you realize like, okay, how do I, how do you turn that into like an actual business? Yeah. That's a good question. I kept, you know, iterating and figuring out what's working, what's not. And, oh, when I, you know, I need to check in with, you know, these guys a couple times a week and not just once, or, you know, I need to do a phone call once and then a bunch of, you know, text messages. I need to have accountability based systems, share documents where they track things, things like that. And so, you know, it really is, it really was an exercise of just figuring it out as I go. 
Yeah. And understanding, but what more, more importantly for me though, understanding what created success in my life. Right. Um, and having this blueprint for people to be able to follow. And now you don't have to do what I do. You, you shouldn't do exactly what I do. What I do is for me, but a lot of what I do is some pretty basic foundational things that just about everybody should do. Yeah. So, you know, over the course of time, I figured out that most people, you know, want to check in on Monday, but have problems on Thursdays and Fridays. So, you know, if you want to check in with me on Monday, we're going to do a quick five or 10 minute check in, or you're going to get a text from me, or there's going to be some method of communication on Thursday or Friday, because everyone's got it figured out on Monday. You know, sure. you might be licking your wounds. You might not be super high energy, but you know, if you're call, if you're calling me figuring out how to try to reduce your alcohol, you know, consumption and your fast food consumption on Monday and Tuesday, you know, there's, it, it ain't going to stick. Yeah. I'm not your guy. So. so it's funny you bring that up. Cause this is me. So I, I always say, I talk about how, like I'm super regimented. I get up at four 30 in the morning, a few days a week, like three, three to four days a week. And I work out and I eat super clean. And then I have the weekend creep where I eat like a unsupervised six-year-old, right? Okay. Hammer beers, drink, you know, I'll, I'll literally stand there if my kids eat uh, macaroni and cheese and I'll shovel it in my mouth out of the, out of the pot. And it's like every Monday I feel terrible. So I, that Monday connection is, I really, I really sort of, that resonates with me. It's sort of like, so, I'm super committed on Monday morning. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the difference? What are you eating? How are you eating? You know, like not what physically what, but like, how are you preparing for Monday through Thursday versus Friday through Sunday? That's exactly what it is. So we actually, like my wife and I will food prep all week okay. and then we're out of like food. We don't make enough food uh, to get through the weekend yeah. and I have to do it again. And I'm just like, eh, let's just order pizza. It's like, it's just a, uh, it's just, it's pure being unprepared sets you up for that. Okay. You know that you can cook more food when you run out or, or <laughs> this, this one's revolutionary. You could cook more food the first time. Yep. Re isn't it crazy? Yeah. I was just the question I was going to ask before that one, before I brought that point up is, and again, this is sort of like what you, you, you wrote an email, uh, that my wife forwarded to me and it, I literally felt like you were writing it to me. So, but, but how many people do you talk to that they already know what to do? They just need someone to hold them accountable for. Cause I can't imagine you have a lot of people like, Oh, I have no idea what I, I have no idea how I drank 12 beers on Saturday night. Yeah. We all know what to do. Yeah. Uh, the things that I teach, you'll be able to find on the internet. So, <laughs> and, I, and I charge a decent amount of money. Yeah. Um, don't but tell people anyone. need accountability and they'll yeah, pay so, for it. Well, it's not just, it's, it's, it's more than accountability in my opinion. So, so yeah, what yeah. I say is it's, it's simple. It's not easy. And that's why, right. Right. I gave you, you gave yourself the answer to your, your meal prepping before I even gave it to you. Yep. Um, and there are two or three other things that we could talk about right now that you'd be like, yeah, of course. We know what to do. The question becomes, why aren't we doing it? And that circles back to this, you know, what um, what are you doing this for? Why are you doing it? You know, not, not necessarily like what's your why, because sure. that's kind of soft and it turns off, I think, you know, kind of tough guy men too. But you get crystal clear. What is it that you want in your life? Yep. So you may be out of alignment with what it is you truly want because there's a scenario that, you could be happy with the way you look and your current weight and your ability to perform as a dad. You know, I can run around and not be too out of breath and yep. I take off my shirt and I'm okay with how I look. And my yep. wife yep. and I are super connected and we have a lot of sex and she's okay with how I look. 
um, and my career's in a good spot. And I enjoy shoveling mac and cheese in my face. <laughs> and so I'm okay with this. Yeah. Now, most people would take off their shirt and go, ah, damn, I don't look that good. I don't feel that good. You yeah. know, most people's sex life has probably diminished since they met first met their wife. And that yeah. doesn't have to be a physical appearance thing, but it has a lot to do with it. Sure. Um, most people get tired running around with their kids. Most people are in pain when they get up out of the chair. So like there, that's the disconnect. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. That's the disconnect. The disconnect is we say that we want certain things in life and then our actions do not align with those things. Yep. So the sooner that you can get clear on what it is you want, and that doesn't mean I'd lay out a perfect case for how having an elite body will only make your business skyrocket because it'll make your confidence skyrocket. Yep. It'll make your ability to perform skyrocket. It'll, it'll contribute in a large way, not the only way by any amount of, of percentages or whatever, but your relationship, you know, most people, a lot of my guys don't go to the gym on Thursday morning, not because they didn't want to go to the gym. It's because they got into a fight with their wife and they didn't sleep that well and they were exhausted or it's three or four days of accumulated stress at work and they don't have mechanisms to deal with stress other than drugs and alcohol and sedation. Right. And um, they're not as mentally clear and focused and productive at work. So it takes them longer to get it done. Mm -hmm. and so that's why we miss the gym. That's why we shovel the mac and cheese down a lot. That's why yeah. we just go, fuck it. I'm just going to order fast food. Yep. You know, um, we make these little decisions in these little moments because we're not able to handle other things in life. Of course, you're supposed to go to the gym. You know that. I know right. that. We all know that. Yeah. You no. Know? So that's interesting. So it's basically like, okay, let's work. You, you're kind of like helping them work backwards. You're saying like, here's where you got to work to backwards. Yeah. Here's, here's a good, here, here's a good analogy that I really like, right? Yeah. Ways. We all put ways on, you know, when, when we get in the car. Yeah. Okay. Um, both. I'm going to speak a little out of both, at both sides of my mouth here. Like a good economist. Waze knows where to go. Waze knows how to get there because it knows two things. It knows where we want to go because we put it in and then it knows our location. Yep. So the mistake that a lot of people make, they make both. They make the, I'm not exactly sure what I want. You know, I just put a, um, a, a copy of what I want in my head based on what somebody else has, but you don't right. know what somebody else goes through to get that. Yeah. You know? And so there's that point. And then the other one is they just go, I'm going to start doing these five things because I saw it on Instagram. I saw my friend, my buddy, Matt from college doing CrossFit. I'm going to go do CrossFit. Cool. Try doing a snatch and then blow your shoulder out. You know, <laughs> yeah. so like we, we throw shit up against, up against the wall. Yeah. Rather why Waze knows where to go is because you're telling it where you're starting from. So you got to have both pieces of information. Where do you get really clear? Where do you want to go? And then where are you starting from? The audit, like be honest. And this yeah, is the hard yeah. part because it's like, it really gets depressing for some people sometimes. Like, fuck, man, I am in a really bad spot. You yeah. know, I've been digging this hole for the last 15 years. Okay. So if you've been digging the hole for the last 15 years, maybe it's going to take us a little longer to get to the destination that you say that you want. The yeah. last part, which is where the coach comes in, in my opinion, um, and is so valuable. I have three of them in my life for different things is when you are in the car and you are driving and, and you do make a right turn when Waze tells you to go straight Waze doesn't go Carney, you 
idiot. <laughs> I mean, you've been screwing this up every single time you try. You dumbass. All you had to do was go straight and you went right like an idiot. <laughs> Turn the car back around, go back to the house, lay on the couch, and just get some ice cream and wallow in your sorrows because yeah. you suck. No, it doesn't do that. <laughs> it redirects you. It redirects you. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's perver the proverbial like, Okay, I went off. I ate the too much mac and cheese on yep. the weekend. Now, keep making the wrong turns and you're never going to get to your destination. Yeah. So that's another thing that people end up doing. But what we don't do is we don't go, shit, I made a wrong turn. Okay, uh, I have to redirect. I have to reroute myself. I have to yeah. get back on the path. I have to get back on the route. And I got to keep going because that's the only way I can fail is if I stop going to where I'm trying to go. And so- too many people get too down on themselves when they make that wrong turn and the internal uh, voice in their, in their ways head yep. says that they're an idiot. And I think you actually nailed that. And again, that's like, you, you've again, like shining a light at me. So I'm, I'm one of those, like I'm all in or kind of like not necessarily all out or like, you, you look in the weekend, I eat the Mac and cheese. I go, well, I did that at Saturday at 11. This day's gone. I'm just going to go like gangbusters for the rest of the day. So like, mm. it's like I've given myself a, 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 a blank check to write. And instead of just saying like, no, just that was one little, you made one wrong turn. Don't make 12, get back on the road. I think that's a good, really good analogy. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is you made, actually, you made probably 12, well, it depends on how big the shovels were, maybe <laughs> yeah. I mean, four, five, six, seven, whatever it is micro mistakes yeah you can if this is an alcoholic beer and i said i wasn't gonna drink and i said well brian's having me on his podcast damn man and i take one sip i can stop yeah i don't have to have a 12 pack after this right i can stop you know yeah. you could stop after one spoonful you could stop after four spoonfuls you could yada yeah yeah if yeah. you actually finish it once the realization comes and you because we all have the moment where we go I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, There's a yeah. better way. That right there, you have to stop. You have to realign with what it is you say you want. It's this yep. constant process. It's not a Monday morning thing. You don't go write in your journal what <laughs> you want to accomplish. It's not a one-time thing. Yeah. You have to you have to stare down this dragon every single day, multiple times a day. The fork in the road of yep. who you want to be requires you to revisit this over and over and over again. I'm a huge, all my index cards are in the house. I'm a huge like index card guy, note card guy. Um, I used to leave post-it notes all over our house in New Jersey before we moved. My wife finally was like, we have like a near brand new 4,000 square foot house. Can you take down these fucking <laughs> post-it notes all over the place? I'm like, this is how I, I, I got to do 10 pushups every time I walk through this doorway. How am I going to remember yeah. if I don't have the post-it notes? So... <laughs> You know, you have to pattern interrupt. You have to, and I keep snapping fingers because for me, sometimes a finger snap, you know, people wear a rubber band, snap it. Yeah. You know, I like alarms. If you looked at my phone, you'd see I have like six or seven alarms throughout the day. Some of them are for me to remind clients because yeah. that's part of what I do. Um, the other things are for me. If I'm trying to ingrain a new habit, man, you should see I'm, I'm all hands on deck in terms of making sure that I get it ingrained into my head until it becomes an unconscious habit. You know, yeah. water would be a good example. Yes. I carry water everywhere I go. I drink four cups of these before most people are awake and I'm, oh. I'm on Pacific Coast time, Pacific yeah. Standard Time. That's an unconscious competence for me. It's four stages of learning. Uh, unconscious incompetence. You're an idiot. No one, You don't know what you don't know. It's not yep. your fault necessarily. 
conscious incompetence. Brian, you're a moron. You're screwing it all up, right? Yep. <laughs> Third stage is conscious competence. You actively have to try to do the thing that you're trying to do to accomplish it. Yeah. Most people oscillate between conscious incompetence and conscious competence. You don't just go, you don't just graduate. Right. You go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And hopefully you start to do more of the conscious competence thing. And then ultimately there are things in your life that you do, I, you know, to go to use your example of the meal prepping um, and having food prepared. I love, and I'll send you some resources because I'm really good at this stuff. That'd be great. Um, for, you know, for, for me, like I call them staples. You yeah. know, we prep staples. I don't know what I'm going to have for lunch tomorrow morning nor do or tomorrow afternoon, nor do I want to put any attention, effort, whatever into thinking about it right now or over the weekend when you might be meal prepping. Yeah. And so um, I know though that I eat a lot of ground beef and rice. Yep. I, I eat a lot of sweet potato. I eat a lot of oatmeal. I eat a lot of broccoli. Yep. What do you think's in my fridge right now? If I went into all, they're all yep. there. All that. Yep. Yeah. As, as a sports guy, you'll be able to, yeah. And, and again, I got a whole video on it. I'll show you, but I talk about my, my mind thinks in business and basketball. Yeah. Right. So I have my food bench. My food bench is like my grocery list. Who am I going to take off my bench to put in my game? <laughs> right? I got to get my bench. I got to get guys off my bench. And then I have my starting five. Okay. Uh, and that's, you know, all the macronutrients, one protein, one carbohydrate, two vegetables, which are carbohydrates also and a healthy fat. Right. And so if I can get my five guys in the game from my food bench, Every time I eat, or most of the time, nine times out of ten that I eat, I'm making fantastic decisions. Yeah, yeah fantastic decisions. That's so, great. A lot of little things you can do. You know, look again. You don't have to meal prep on Saturday and Sunday. That's when most of us have time. Yeah. But if you have ten minutes, you know, like I just walked in, my wife was putting sweet potatoes in the toaster oven. That's yeah. a stab, stab like a, a few holes in them with a knife and go set it on 400 degrees for 40 minutes and walk away. Yep, it, it's done. Easy. Yep. That's a great point. Yeah. So one of the things that you, the, the, when we we're talking about that email that you kind of like uh, exposed me on was centered around phones and phone addiction. And, um, you know, I definitely, that thing that the iPhone does where it tells you every Sunday, how much time you spent on the, on the phone mm. is super depressing. And I try super. to like, be like, Oh, well, I'm using it for work. Bullshit. I'm using my, my computer 99% of the time. How are some of the way I, I saw a, a thing NPR wrote an article about they call it doomsday scrolling before you go to bed. And sometimes I'll be like, I go to bed pretty early, but sometimes I'll just yeah. sit there scrolling aimlessly. Mm -hmm. So centered around, you know, sort of like phone addiction, what are some strategies that you teach people to like, Hey, you're not being present with your family. Snap out of it. Stop being a, uh, stop being a loser. Yeah. How easy would it be to scroll on your phone? if It wasn't in your room. Right. Great point. Get the hell out of there. Yeah. Get out of there. Get an alarm clock. I mean, yep. I've heard all. I've heard every excuse possible. So, yeah. um, put it for at least at least step one would be put it away from you. It's Have in it. my bathroom now. Okay, great. So we're getting closer. We're getting well, we're getting further away. I guess I should say. So I would do other little things like I would have a PM alarm. All right, we all set alarms to wake up. You wake up at four, so you yeah. might need an alarm. I mean, I wake up about that time too. Sometimes I'm up on my own, but I usually have an alarm set an alarm at night to let you know that this is sort of your cutoff. Now, if you're in the middle of something, give yourself a little grace to sure. finish it. You know, if you're emailing some people or if you're just in the, you know, kind of desirable scrolling stage, but then step two, keep the promise that you made to yourself. Going back to one of the other key things, if you're going to write something down or say that you're going to do something, make sure it's achievable so that you can do it. Yep. You know, if you're somebody that 
spends 10 hours a day on the phone, don't go to one or two hours. Right. You know, that's unrealistic. You will set yourself up to fail. So go to nine hours. You know, if you're going to bed at midnight, don't try to go to bed at 930. You're going to stare at the ceiling for two and a half hours and go, this Panuzo guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Right. I'm staying up. I'm a night owl. All the bullshit <laughs> excuses. I'm a night person. I'm a night person. Yep. No, you're not. You know, you're not. You just do things too late at night. You know, yeah. you don't have to get up at 4 a.m., but I'm telling you that you're wasting two hours of your life every single day because yep. you're not you're not doing anything productive at 10 o'clock at night. Very Definitely rarely people doing that. So again, I'll send you some other resources, uh, some good sleep habit stuff, uh, but get your phone either away from you or out of your room. Get it on airplane mode after a certain time. Use the yeah, airplane yeah. mode feature where you're not able to get on the internet. You don't get emails. You don't get text messages. That should be on every single night so you're not getting you know, the EMF, whatever the stuff is coming yep. through, you know, into your brain, uh, disrupting your sleep cycles and things like that. Um, alarms are great. Um, you know, just, I, I have a, I have a post, post-it note. I got a post <laughs> on my nightstand that reminds me of a few things that I'm supposed to do and a few things that I'm not supposed to do. Yeah. And then above all else, how old are your kids? Uh, 14, 13 and 11. Okay, so you might be going to bed kind of when they're going to bed too, right? At this yeah. stage, sometimes yeah. earlier. Actually, okay. most of the time yeah. earlier in the summer. I'm I'm almost thirteen and eight, and I'm 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 there. I'm like, guys, yeah. I'm going to bed. I don't know yeah. what the hell you're doing, but I'm going to bed. Um, especially you getting up at four. Yeah. Um, there is no better accountability than our young children, especially at around the age that your yours and my kids are at. Yeah. They do not give a damn about our feelings. I am a pretty fit guy. My daughter will tell me that I am fat when I'm sitting down because we all got something that kind of hangs over a little bit, you know, I'm pretty fit, dude. Yeah. She's like, daddy, you are fat. Oh my gosh. Look at, look at your belly. Your belly is so fat. Like my wife, I, I think my wife looks, is, is a 12 out of 10. My wife probably thinks she's a eight and a half out of 10. Yeah. She's got a nice, she's got a nice butt. Yeah. My, my daughter will, will walk by and just like yeah. well, whack and go, wow, your butt is so jiggly. I mean, it is like the most jiggly thing. It's like jiggly as heck, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like we're so hard. Our eight-year-old is just like walking around crushing our confidence. That's great. But they are amazing in-person accountability people for you, sources yep. of accountability. If I want to make sure that I stay out of the refrigerator after 8 p.m., I announce it to my house. Yeah. If they see me rummaging around the, the refrigerator, my kids do not care. My son's a sweetheart, so he might be a little nice. But my daughter's like, Daddy, get He's out. He's a savage. Get out. Get yeah. out of the freezer, you know? Um, That's so great. That's a, a great real, point. Yeah, get real-time accountability. Again, back to the Post-it notes. I'll leave like a sign in the pantry, you know? Step away. You you told yourself you're going to do something. I wrote – I got – I got all this stupid stuff. <laughs> I had this uh, somewhere around here, pink poster board that I wrote in black. The kitchen is closed. It will reopen tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. <laughs> and then, you know, and then you can do this. Um, and I put that up, you know, yeah. just to remind me. Because when I, you ever like walk walk into your, you know, refrigerator and you're like, oh, I wonder what, if anything new showed up in the last 12 minutes when I look, yeah. you know, I'm like, going to go take a look. kind of guy. Yeah, let's go yep. take a look. Maybe something, maybe something showed up. It's 9 p.m. But maybe something showed up. You got to get yourself out of some of those patterns. Obviously doing other things would be helpful. So if you let, started a new habit of reading before yeah. you went to bed, I think that would be really helpful because for you to just sit in bed and go, okay, it's time. And I usually scroll on my phone. It's like yeah. the alcoholic going to the bar. I mean, we don't right. send the guy to the bar. We go have him take a walk, get a workout in, read, 
take up another hobby. So take up another hobby, you know, Great call. well, one of the things that, uh, when Matt, uh, introduced, he started forwarding me some of the stuff that you're doing on Instagram. And if you're not following him on Instagram, great follow. We'll, we'll give away your, your Instagram later. Um, you got pretty, you've been pretty vocal over the last two plus years about, let's just say the COVID response and some of the things, and obviously you live in one of the most strict COVID states, um, you know, there is in California. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to hear your take. In my opinion, this is the greatest miss of all time to talk about general health and wellness. You know, if you look at what you really start digging into things and the show could be canceled because we're talking about this, you know, we'll probably get a flag on, on, you know, all the different social medias when we post it, but whatever, uh, that, People that were genuinely, obviously there are exceptions to this rule, but most of the people that were drastically affected by COVID were, their overall health was poor, right? Yeah. So you've been kind of pounding that drum about why we need to have better education surrounding general health and wellness. So talk a little bit about your your take on this and this opportunity that we potentially have, have missed. Yeah, so I like to... I- we have missed it. We've missed it so far, but I still would like to think that there is the opportunity for people to understand that their health is 100% within their control for most and also for everyone, 100% their responsibility. Mm-hmm. Now, I know some people may have different challenges that I don't have. Sure. That is a massively, 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 massively small percentage of the population when you consider the entire size of our population. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if people don't get it at this point, I think it's, it's, they may not get it, but at the end of the day, personal excellence, your ability to, to be the, the best version, the most, you know, elite version of yourself is the answer to all of our problems Mm -hmm. as a country. In every aspect, our healthcare issues, social, you know, issues that we that are that were that are jammed down our throats. Um, if we all operate as individuals that care for others, yep. um, that raise our kids with the values that you know we want to, because look, by at the end of the day, I honestly think that most people think the same way. I, I agree about, with you. I think about eighty percent of the of the population thinks about the same way, maybe even more than that Yeah, with in, in general, you sure. know, like within reason. And like, there are issues for me that are just below the line issues that I don't, I, I'm, I don't care. You could go do whatever you want to do. do. Yeah, I, right. I don't care. It's not, it's not on the above line. So I'm not going to go to war on that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to care about it. I'm not going to have, if you think that way and I don't think that way, I might have an opinion about it, but if you think that way and I don't think that way, um, I'm not going to write you off as a person because yeah. It's so, so minuscule in my mind, but yeah, going back to the COVID stuff, you know, we, we missed an opportunity. I, I, I got really passionate around kids, you know, Yes, you adults, did. adults can do what they want to do. And if you're too stupid to understand what's been happening, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I really, you know, I could make a choice at some point in Los Angeles County to walk into a grocery store, to walk into a co- coffee shop, to go somewhere and do do what I wanted to do. I'm a grown sure. ass man. I'm a big guy. Not many <laughs> people were challenging me. Um, my kids didn't have that chance. Yeah. Kids didn't have that ability. And it really turned into, unfortunately, um, in some places, 
very very selectly with with their schools but you know in other places around the country where it became this kind of power trip for people who were able to enforce rules that never were able to enforce rules before yeah um and i think we lost focus on you know what was truly important um whether or not a mask was a, a two centimeters above or below a nose or or whether or not our kids you know were were able to read and write properly yep um, which has been happening in California. We've spent so much time focused on the wrong things that public school system has really declined over the last several years. Same um, thing happened out here. You know, we saw test scores go down drastically. Yeah. 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 The, 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 the full magnitude of the impact of the policy decisions that we've had as a country for two years is unknown. So sure. it's yet, yet to be known the full impact of yeah. learning loss, of delayed, you know, delayed speech for mm-hmm. kids. Um, suicide rates are up. Obesity rates in kids are up. Anxiety is up. Depression is up. It's really, unfortunately, the lives that we lose and and or are materially affected by COVID in our youth will, I mean, it'll dwarf the number of kids that have been infected in a severe way. Yep. I mean, not even die. I mean, no, no kids are not dying of COVID. I mean, yeah. that data is that data is it, exists. You know, it does. Uh, yeah. Um, so. And you did, you've done a great job sharing that data. So that that's great. Now, Thanks, I I think as it relates to like sort of general health and wellness, I do think Americans have the tendency to overcomplicate it. So, they do. Um, my one of my favorite quotes is I think it's a Tony Robbins quote: "Is complexity is the enemy of execution." And um, you talk a lot about this on your on your um, Instagram, where you just say, "Hey, get up and get moving." Now, my father, so my mom's super fit, like has jogged her whole life, ran her whole life, has been walking a ton. Now, my dad quit smoking, you know, a few years ago because my daughter told him to. But he's recently lost sixty pounds. Incredible by walking. Incredible. Nothing else but walking. He's so like, he has like a, uh, you know, a, a Garmin thing now. And he just tries yeah. to go fast, a little bit faster or further. So he, when he first started, he had horrible knees. He was on all sorts of medication. He just went to the doctor and they said, we're cutting all your medication in half. If you keep this up, you're probably going to be off all of this stuff. And he just made the commitment to walk every day. And he's not going far. He's going, he started with like, uh, you know, half a, half a mile. Then he got up to a mile. Now he's doing just a little bit over two miles every day. Wow. And that's the only change to his lifestyle? The only change to his lifestyle. It's incredible. It's incredible. Like if he started eating really clean, he could really, you know, like really yeah. go crazy. But it's all it's amazing. He looks like a different person. You that's, know? That's so great to hear, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I walk so, a lot. You walk, walk a lot. lot. And like <laughs> I think people think, well, well, if I'm gonna get healthy, I gotta go to a gym and figure out how I gotta join a CrossFit gym or go to a gym and like, you know, do all this other stuff. And you know, you just have to walk. Yeah, I'm gonna show you something. Okay. Oh, your weight vest. There's some, yeah. yeah. So that's a weight. That's a weight vest. Um, why I like walking is because it's the ultimate scalable activity. Your dad and I could go for a walk for the same amount of time, and we could get the right workout dose for both of us. Yes. Because I could strap on 40, 50 pounds, 20 pounds, 10 pounds, whatever. Yeah. Um, I could you know, lunge, since I might be moving a little bit faster than him, I could do some lunges in between those steps. I could drop and do five quick push-ups and jog and catch up to him. Yep. Um, if we're on a track, 
I could be like, Mr. Carney, I'll be right back. I'm going to run up the stairs. I can run up the bleachers real quick and down. So walking can be scaled very quickly. Yes. Um, most of us have two legs and we all have a threshold on where it gets hard or where it gets to be like, oh, that was a decent workout. And so the problem for a lot of people, again, is just start there. You know, yeah. um, for my dad, a half a mile might be a lot. So he might just walk up, up and down the block. He might yep. go down our front steps and then back up them. You know, um, for some people, you know, walking is is just the other stuff that they do because they do go to the gym. They do yep. get on their Peloton. They do stretch. They do bodyweight exercises. But in general, it's the best form of fat loss. It's the most readily available. It's the best for longevity. You can multitask. You can listen to both of us talk to you about walking right yep. now. <laughs> you, you need zero equipment except for shoes. Zero equipment. You just need some shoes. Arguably, you don't even need shoes. Um, yep. You know, there's an aspect of like, you could get some other health and wellness in here. There's, you know, what we call grounding. So getting your feet onto dirt, sand, grass, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, so get to the, you live near your coast, get to the beach, get yep. your feet on the sand. You want to sleep better. You know, you want to feel less stressed, yep. you know, get some of that um, negative charge from the earth. We're walking around po positively charged out the wazoo. Yes. You know, get some grounding in your life. And even if it, even if it's outside, my wife will go and I'll do the same, just barefoot walking in our backyard, just yep. pacing up and down the backyard while we're taking a call. Everybody has a call once a day that does not require you to sit behind your desk. I'm telling you, I found that in every single person's life, Very and if you're on Zoom calls, I know there's one Zoom call that can be not on a video, yeah. Yeah. that yeah. you're just a fly on the wall. Yep. And if both of those answers, if you're telling me, no, that's not me, that's not me, I'm telling you that there is one person that you speak to per day that if you said, hey, Brian, listen, man. I've been in this chair for the last eight hours. Uh, my butt is numb. Uh, my hips hurt. My <laughs> knees hurt. And you know what? I'm like trying to be a little more active in my life. And I'm yeah. trying to lose a little bit of weight because um, it was a long summer and it was boozy. And yeah. if you heard some birds or a car drive by or whatever while we were taking our call, would that be all right? Like if it gets too loud, you know, I'll I'll, I'll shoot back home. I'm just going to stay close to my Would you mind if I just take a walk outside while we talk? What do you think the other person might say? Yeah, no, of course, they're going to be like, yeah, go, have at yeah. it. Yeah. And, and they might even go, you know, that's a great idea. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it too. Yeah. You know, so people are starving. What I, what I noticed in a, in a very high pressure corporate culture, when I was evolving and changing and transforming, people are starving for someone to lead them mm -hmm. and at least start them off. Yeah. And you don't have to be the CEO of the business, the guy that runs the desk, the guy that runs the office to make that rule. You could, if a work colleague comes into your office and goes, hey, you got 10 minutes? I just need to bounce a few, few things off. Yes, yep. I do have 10 minutes, but we're walking. Yep. You know, you know, it's such a great point. In our office, we have a group of people. We, we Our office is right on the on the river. And there's like a Starbucks three blocks away. There's a, there's a group of people in my office that will round up other people and go, we're going on our walk. Do you guys want to go? And they just go grab a coffee and come back. I don't know. It's 15 minutes. It's perfect. Um. One last question. I could I could talk to you forever. This is currently the longest episode we've ever done. So, <laughs> uh, so um, or, I, or I talk a lot. I'm <laughs> the the last question. I'm uh, immersed in youth sports, right? Yeah. And for being honest, there's a ton of assholes that proliferate youth sports. Following you on Instagram, you seem to be an incredibly positive influence on not only your son but the entire team. So. 
talk about like what you do for that for him and that team and and why that's been so important and also i heard cooper sounds incredible so i know uh you're oh, out so there good, dude. my son it's quit so playing good. baseball kind of both of them quit playing baseball and they switched to lacrosse which is fine but i played yeah. baseball my whole life and so a lo- i was a little sad i didn't go to cooper sound yeah, but anyway go ahead talk that. a little bit about that you know look the short answer is i i live my life you know i do what i do i don't do it for them i don't do it for anybody i do it i do it for me um now do i make sure that when they're around i might get a couple sets of push-ups or squats or something in yeah, yeah. but i have credibility with them because of how i live my life because when they're when they're running their drills on on the field and I and I'm not there being an on field you know helper I'm not one of the baseball coaches I'll, I coach basketball in town, but I do I'll shag fly balls I'll do whatever needed I'll run the bases whatever a coach needs but there's so many dads that are so involved in this town that most of the times I didn't have to do anything but practice, and I might want to watch practice that day so. Yeah. Guess who brought their weighted vest to the practice guess who brought a medicine ball a couple of dumbbells and so when they look up. And they see me doing stuff, they know that it's not bullshit. You know, right. how hard would it be to get one of your kids to eat broccoli as you're shoveling mac and cheese in your <laughs> face? You know, you really got to eat more vegetables. Yeah. Right. So, um, if you're not doing the things that you want your kids to do, if you're not living the life that you desire other people around you to live, good luck getting them to do it. It ain't happening, especially kids. So. Yeah. For me, the components are, I got to make it fun. I just have to make it fun, which is why I bought medicine balls and we got a box to jump on and I bought this sled really for me, but they love it. They love pushing stuff and throwing stuff. I put the music on and I just ask them, you know, I tell them, um, this does not cost money, but there is a exchange of value here. Yeah. Your currency that you have to bring is your attitude your effort, your attention with me. And that's it. Now they're into this weird phase of like, do your kids like slap each other in the ass? Like all my kids' friends, they just like, Oh, like, really? Same. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, bro. I played basketball. Yeah, it does I'm a lot ass, of I'm an ass slapper. There's a yeah. lot of ass slapping going on. Like, this is like, and so like they're just like whacking, like so so they do goof off a little bit. But again, I always come back to, hey, what's on the board? You owe me your energy, your attention, and your effort. Like, yeah. are you giving me all of those things right now? No, I'm not. Cool. It's black and white. There's no there there's there's no like gray area in this. And so the short answer is I just have to live my life. I've built credibility with them. Yeah. Whereas I'm an authority figure. I'm an expert. Yep. Look at my body and they may look at other dads' bodies and go, I'm going to pay attention to that guy with that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so true. Um that's awesome. I, yeah, I think you have to just, you know, consider what it is you're doing. And if you're not doing some of the things that you ask them to do, I don't know. I think it's going to go one ear right out the other. Cause I have enough trouble. Look, I'm an ex athlete. I have friends who are like either professional, ex professional athletes, yeah. trainers to pro athletes. I'm fit. I'm like, I do, I have a health and wellness business and I still have a tough time getting my son to pay attention to me. Yeah. So good luck being none of those things and, and, and having, yeah, having to do it, you know? Well, this is awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I, I Like I said, I could sit here and talk to you all day. So if people want to learn more about you and, and your business, where, where can they find you? Yeah. So you mentioned Instagram a few times. That's an easy place to go. Brian Panuzo is my uh, is my, ta- my handle, whatever you call it. Um, but what I would really love for people to do is to go to thesuccesslift.com. That is the best place to get to know me. Uh, that's a place where you can get some free resources 
uh, that is also a place where you can get introduced to a brand new course that I just, it's not, well, I guess it's coming Thursday. What's what would Thursday's date be? The first? Second? First, yeah. Today is the official launch of my 28-day online course where I show you how I live my life. I show you how you can jumpstart. It's called the Elite Dad Jumpstart. You can jumpstart every area of your life from fitness to nutrition to habits to your relationships. You'll be um, setting date nights with your wife, dates with your kids. You'll be texting old friends. You'll be the leader of your group to schedule meetups. You'll be eating better. You'll be walking more. You'll be drinking water. All the things that I do in my life. I deliver to you with a daily video for 28 straight days. And at the end, your life won't be materially changed because anyone who sells you anything that says 28 days from now, your life's going to be over or changed. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're lying. They're, they're, right. they're effing lying to you, but you'll be in a place um, where you feel like you have some control and education over where to go next. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cool. Um, if, if you want to connect with me on the untapped app, so you can see how I rate these beers, uh, my username is brcarney7. To learn more about how my firm helps business owners with their financial planning, visit riversedgeadvisors.com. And to hear past episodes of this podcast, go to happy-half-hour.com. Moment of truth, Prissy Wicks, Slack Tide Brewing, Cape May County, New Jersey. Very strong 10.6 on the alcohol chain. I would drink it again, but not obviously not many of them. I'll give it a three and a half out of five. Okay. Where are you going to go on your hazy? 10.6 on the alcohol scale? Yeah, 10.6. It is I definitely think, I didn't strong. think we were going to average 5.3 between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm doing the heavy lifting. Yeah. Okay. So this is a unique rating. Um, This one's tough. I didn't love this. I do love athletic brewing. I love their like golden ale. Yeah. Um, If if I feel like a hazy IPA next time, I'm just going to have a regular hazy IPA. Um, I'm going to go, since this is my first rating, I'm going to go 2.4. Okay, perfect. Love it. I don't know. Is this like Barstool where like a seventh is a real, real good rating? It might not, I might have to, to lower that a little bit. I, I should actually explain my my rating scale because a five, I don't give, I give, I think I've given it to, I think it's four beers. So like if you get a four, that's an outstanding rating from me. Right. So I'm not quite Dave Portnoy, but we're getting there, okay. I guess. Yeah. This, this one, the free wave from Athletic Brewing, the Hazy IPA, it's a, it's a, it's an avoid. It's an avoid. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, Brian. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you for listening to Happy Hands. Hour with an entrepreneur, sponsored by Rivers Edge Advisors. For more information on how Rivers Edge Advisors can help you, visit their website at riversedgeadvisors.com. If you'd like to connect with Brian Carney for business advice or just to share a beer, follow him on Instagram at riversedgeadvisors underscore LLC.